What's up? Welcome to another episode of Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM, where we dissect topics and issues relating to life in veterinary school. I'm your host, Seth Williams, and I'm a veterinary student at the University of Missouri College of Veterinary Medicine. I'm super excited about today's episode because we're going to focus on a topic that I'm pretty sure is not talked about much in veterinary school. Of course, it's pretty common that in our small animal medicine courses, we focus on the life stages and diseases that are associated with puppies and kittens, then adults, then seniors, and then eventually end-of-life care. But today's guest is going to share with us a huge life stage in our patients that, to be perfectly honest, we don't pay much attention to, but we definitely should be. So let me welcome on Lap of Love Veterinary Hospice and In-Home Euthanasia co-founder, Dr. Mary Gardner. Dr. Mary has had quite the journey towards her success with Lap of Love, and she's one of the top experts in hospice and end-of-life care, but also geriatric care. So when you stop and think about it, what really is a geriatric animal? Yes, we know the technical definition of a geriatric patient, but what type of special care do they require? Have you ever thought about how you should treat or approach a geriatric patient differently than an adult or senior? Well, we're incredibly lucky to have Dr. Mary here to share some insight on geriatric care and how we can really make a difference in those pets' lives. Welcome to the podcast, Mary. How's it going? Awesome. Good. I'm so glad that I got to meet you at Uncharted Veterinary Conference, which is where we are right now, and have you on the podcast. I'm a a big fan and um, follower of yours and Danny McVitie's, which we'll get into a little bit later, but um, but thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. I'm glad we could do this before we leave tomorrow. It's going to be sad. It's like leaving camp. It is. It's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you ever get the chance to come out to Uncharted Veterinary Conference, do it's it's quite the time, quite the people, and, and you'll mm-hmm. learn a lot. So um, cool. Let's get into it. Before I pick your brain about the topic today. Okay. Tell us a bit about uh, yourself. <laughs> well, I um, am originally from New York, so I'm from the East Coast of the country and um, went to vet school in Florida, so University of Florida. But before I became a vet, I had a pretty long career, about t- almost 10 years in the software industry where I was a trainer and then um, a product manager in, in research and development and decided to to go to vet school in my 30s. So I'm what they call the second career vet. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not, it's not often. I think I was the sixth oldest in my class. So there was five other people that were older out of mm-hmm. 85. So yeah. we were a little subset. Cool. Now, also, the entire world should know that you and I both went to University of Miami. <laughs> exactly. So, go Kane. So, that's awesome. I, we just Check. found that out yes. um, this weekend. <laughs> cool. So, topic for today. Let's talk about geriatric patients. Mm. So, we were talking about topics to talk about before we started recording. Yes. And we were brainstorming, and, and you brought up the the idea of geriatric care. And I'm like, mm-hmm. my gosh, we don't really talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I was going to... And I felt like I was asking a dumb question, but what is geriatric care? Because what we think of as you have your puppy and kitten wellness, then you have adult care, then you have senior care, and then you usually have end of life or euthanasia, right? right? So, right. so geriatric care, where does that fall into place? Now, I know that by definition, geriatric is the last what ten to twenty percent of ten to twenty percent, and I life. Can, and I could kind of go into that later, like exactly right. how to figure that out, because of course we have different in breeds that kind of screws that theory up a little bit but i'll talk about that so we know that lap of love we all know of that as a euthanasia service correct delivering 
a very special experience with saying goodbye to their animals. You also do hospice, though. Correct. Um, which yes. is uh, another equally big part of your business, the business plan and, and your mission of Lap of Love. Right. Um, but what comes before that? And I am thinking that this is where the geriatric part of veterinary care comes in. So let's just start off by, I guess, in your vision, in your definition, what is geriatric care? So... I'm glad that you that you could at least recognize that there's definitely a difference between senior and hospice and geriatrics mm-hmm. because there definitely there definitely is. Um, well, let me let me kind of start by 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 thinking about humans. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, I my grandmother, Grandma Gardner, was mm-hmm. um, one of my. Uh, as as an adult, I guess I, she she was aging when I was an adult. I lost my other grandparents when I was too young to really appreciate or, or remember them going through the aging process. Really, sure. really, you know, really bad. Mm-hmm. And but with Grandma Gardner, I was you know in my late twenties, and so I could appreciate her aging process. And just as she slowed down, and as she you know got weaker, and and she didn't have any one disease, let's say you know right. like heart failure or something like that things were slowing down and we had to care for her very differently. And my father, who is just this go-getter kind of guy, even though he's now he's in his seventies, you'd still would think he's just the energizer bunny and he's great, you know, just, ah. but yet he was technically a senior, right. but he was very different than grandma Gardner. And so I've always, I've always loved older people. <laughs> There's nothing better to me than, than finding an older person that just wants to talk and, and tell you their story and or see an old couple walking down the street still holding hands. Like right. that I right. just I adore that. So um but I myself has have dealt with, with humans of aging. And I was thinking of this when I was looking at our pet population and dealing with them and how I how I can correlate how we have our aging pet population just as similar to our aging you know human population. Right. And so when we um, when we're in vet school, we we talk about the puppies and then the adults and then the diseases that can happen during the adult phase that you know let's say osteosarcoma, sure. and then of course the senior problems. And what do we learn in vet school about senior problems? Like well, we got to have a senior wellness. And what does that mean? X-rays, dentistry, which is all very important still, blood work, so we can right. find underlying diseases. And then that's it. And that's what we think about with marketing, too, is just shove that down down owners' throats. But that is what a nine-year-old Labrador might be struggling with. But, but now let's say you have a 12 or 13-year-old Labrador and the family's coming into you, and you're just saying, well, we need to do some X-rays or blood work and find... But you don't realize that the problem with that dog of not being able to get up two steps or panting and pacing all night long and the family's arguing over not getting enough sleep mm-hmm. or traveling or something like that. So the, the management of that aging pet is the problem, not so much the disease, sure. let's say. So um, anyway, when I when we were doing, you know, when I was doing in, end of life care, I the thing that I get sad the most from is not from saying goodbye, is not from euthanasia because everybody thinks my God, if you're doing 50 to 60 to 70 euthanasias a month as mm-hmm. a veterinarian, which, which lap of love vets do, right. that's got to make you crazy. That's got to make you depressed. And, um, and we know that depression is a big part of our industry and this and that. And, and some people think that euthanasia is a part of it. But when you've got a terminally ill or a very, you know, very old and, and debilitated pet and you can say goodbye in a nice, comforting way to the family and to that pet, I don't suffer from compassion fatigue from that. Like I recognize that pet is suffering and mm-hmm. we can help them. 
What made me sad was hearing that that pet had not been to their doctor in over a year sometimes, two years sometimes. And that I'm like, God, something is missing in our industry. And, um, and so I, uh, I started looking into it more and I, I actually, I was like, well, what's this geriatrics and the AVMA doesn't actually separate the definition between senior and geriatrics. So you go to their website and they, they use it interchangeably, hmm. but Seth, do you know, do you know really the, what's the difference between senior and geriatric humans? Uh, I couldn't answer you. Right? Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and I just like threw that at you. So like, you couldn't even re- like figure but like, what is it? So, so what's a senior? Over 60. Over, Over 65. 65. So that's what it is, 65. So then I'm like, okay, well, that's just a legal definition, really. Sure. It's, it's just, an, it's an, that's a number, right? right? It has absolutely zero to do with your health status. It right. is just a number. So for us in our vet world, what do we say is a senior pet? Over the age of seven for most dogs, right? right? Well, if you have a seven or eight-year-old Great Dane walking in, that's a geriatric Great Dane. It's yeah, an ancient Great Dane. It's an ancient Great right. Dane. But is that a, an ancient Jack Russell? No. <laughs> Chihuahua? It's a, might, it's a puppy. <laughs> right. Right. They're just beginning. Right. <laughs> They're not right. in the golden years. <laughs> right. Do they have golden years? <laughs> the Chihuahuas? <laughs> the Chihuahuas, no. But um, so what I did is about three years ago now, I looked into human geriatrics. Actually... Mm-hmm. There's a book that I read, Being Mortal, by Atul Gawande, and I adore that book, and I think every vet student should read that book, so it's Being Mortal. And it just goes into human aging and the human um, uh, dying, not, it's not morbid, you know, yeah. so, it's, so don't think I'm just, you know, Dr. Death here, but um, it was very interesting how things have changed over the decades with the human dying population, the human aging, and, and what does it mean to grow old? And the other thing that bothered me, and I hate to just keep talking, Seth, is that when I was in practice, you would hear somebody, you know, when they'd come in and say, oh, my, my dog is, you know, he's getting older for euthanasia, it's, it's old age. Right. And somebody's going to say, old age isn't a disease. Right. Well, I will... I will tell you, old old age brings a lot of freaking problems, yep. right? And so whether or not you've diagnosed a disease or it's just the natural aging process, right, air quotes, right. isn't that a problem? And the word disease is dis-ease. So I will tell you, old age can be a disease because sure. you're not at ease, right? right? So anyway, I was looking into geriatrics for humans and I went to a, a human um, geriatric conference, the American Geriatric Society. So I, I emailed them. They let me come for free. They thought it was cool that I was interested. Right. And so I sat in all these lectures and I was like, hey, you know, pst, what <laughs> what makes you guys a geriat- geriatrician? Right. And so um, what they are, are general general doctors uh, for humans. And they do they don't do a boarded certification, but it's a long, intensive over a year process. Mm-hmm. And they focus on advanced aged. But um, what their three main focuses are, and they, they focus on a lot, but um, one is cognition, mm-hmm. so dementia in our, in our human population, and don't we have that in our dogs Absolutely. and cats, right? And, it's, right? and I'm like, oh yeah, panting, pacing right. all night long. Um, polypharmacy. So all the different drugs, because they're all mm-hmm. different specialists. So usually we as veterinarians are going to handle most of that polypharmacy anyway. But but if they do go to a cardiologist, let's say, you know, we, we might be struggling with some of those meds. Right. Um, and then the third is caregiver and um, and the fatigue they go through or managing caring for this person, because in humans, they don't have euthanasia. Right. Right. And 
has nothing to do with the right to die. That is completely separate. Sure. They, they don't. We don't have euthanasia. So now you have to care for this person. You have to maybe leave your work, come home, and it's a it's a toll on the family and the mm-hmm. guilt they have. And I'm like, oh my god, that's the same thing with our pets, right? right. So um, anyway, so I started. That's how I started getting into it. But um, and then uh, so with so with geriatrics, like the way you become a geriatric. Okay, so hopefully you don't have to worry about this for a long time. It's um, senior is 65, and then a geriatric is basically when you're when you're fragile, okay, and you have um, either weakness, um, mobility issues, you know, you're dependent on somebody else, okay. So you're really in a different health status, and can we think of that for our pets as well? Absolutely, right? Yeah, and that's what you know. You could probably leave your nine-year-old dog for six hours, eight hours even, but can you leave your 14-year-old Labrador with mobility issues for nine to ten hours? Sure. Like, no. So um, there is definitely a correlation between, I think, the, the thought process between geriatrics. But now, now what is that in, in, in our dog and pet population? Right. So that's what you, you asked her. You thought earlier it's the last 10%, right? I think is what 10 to 20%. 10 to 20%. Yeah, right. So it's yeah. kind of, right. It's like, what, what is this? Well, what is it in humans? When am I going to become a geriatric? Well, let's say the human what life expectancy for humans now is in the 70s. Is it is it that bad? I don't even know, right? I think if you look online, if you if you ask Mr. Google, um, or Dr. Google, uh, I think it, it's lower. We should look this up. We right? should. Yeah. Um, it's lower than we think. Look, it's Seth's going to yeah, go for I'm it. I'm going to go on my computer. Yeah. Um, no, keep <laughs> now, talking. curious George. Well, Grandma Gardner. Now, here's an interesting statistic. Grandma Gardner lived to 90, like early 90s. So, can I bet on me being in my 90s as well? Because is it is it hereditary? Like, can right. I, can I kind of rely? Cause we'll hear that. Like, well, uncle Gene, you know, smoked three packs a day and ate greasy hamburgers. And so I'm, I got a good gene pool. Well, no, you cannot rely on that. Right. It's like three to 4% of, of longevity is inherited. The rest is how we take care of ourselves and where we live. What's our life's expectancy? What's so it looks say? like, um, on average, um, a man reaching age 65 today can expect to live on average till age 84. And, uh, okay. For women, if they live to age 65, they can expect on average to live until about 87. Okay, so good. Mid 80s. So, yes. I was like, okay, I, I was, you were a decade off. Yeah, That's sorry. <laughs> Wait until you're in your 40s right, every year counts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, so our 80, late, like mid 80s, let's say. But but I would probably think the last 10 years is, is the really slow ones, right? right? That's when we have to think about maybe a senior living facility. Right. We're not talking hospice. Just, you know, make it. Is there somebody to help go to the food store for them, mm-hmm. to clean the house, to pick up mail, whatever it is? So they need assistance in probably the last 10 years, which is about, let's say, 10% of our lifespan. Eight, right. eight to 15, depends on whatever. So we could think of that maybe as our pets. So if the average pet is 12 to 13 years old when they pass, whatever, let's just throw that out there. What, what's the last 10%? Of it? The last year? The right. last two years? So it is it is a, a bit of a breed dependent, right? Sure. So we've got our smaller and our bigger. And then I can go into telomeres and why big dogs die faster, but that's for right. another podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> More a scientific one <laughs> that I don't want to actually talk about. Yeah, we're not in school right now. so yeah, Perfect. <laughs> So you mentioned that there's a huge opportunity for oh, us yeah. as veterinarians, I think especially as new veterinarians, because we've got yes. all the latest information. Yes. So how do we take advantage of that? I mean, how can we, <sighs> especially going into practice as, as a new graduate, maybe there is no geriatric care plan, or maybe the practice hasn't even thought about it, which they haven't. probably very likely. I'll tell you, they have not. So what do we do? Okay. So... I have a good friend, Martin. He owns a company uh, up in Canada, and um, they do uh, 
um, they do a lot of data analysis. And so, so I worked with him. His, his company is called Vet Success. Mm-hmm. And so they plug into a lot of practice management softwares for data analysis. And I'm like, Martin, man, this is my problem. I told him and I said, these, these families are not seeing their primary care veterinarian for over a year. And I could have done something. Sure. I could have, even if it's just a yoga mat discussion around the house, I'm not even talking lots of medicine, but just something to make this pet feel better and maybe live longer because once you feel better, you will live longer. So he's like, I don't know if it's that much. I said, let's go see. So we now, we analyzed some 300 clinics around the country and, um, Basically, we first broke down this, the, the segmentation of, of puppies, mm-hmm. adult, senior, and geriatrics. The largest segment in our, in our pet population is geriatrics. Hmm. It's 40%. Wow. Puppies and kittens are 5%. And what do we all hear about is puppies and kittens, yep. puppy packages. Now, the reason is because it's a lifetime value. You catch them at a puppy stage, you've got them for their life. So I understand that. But unless something's gonna happen, you vaccinate them once a year and you don't see them for anything else except for maybe a dental scaling. Right. So that, and those are important. But if 40% of the pet population is geriatric, geriatrics, what are we doing to capture that? And we're not doing anything to capture that. Right. Um, so then I asked Martin, can we look at the pets that were euthanized? How many were seen 18 months bef- or less, so up to 18 months, before their euthanasia, which to me is the geriatric stage, let's say, right? right? So Seth, of the kitty cats, how many do you think were, were, were seen before the euthanasia? Oh gosh. Right, now what, what's our average kitty cats are, we only see like 30% of them uh, yeah, or whatever, say, right? Like 20 to 30, right. if that. So, if that, so it's 23%, so that's okay. not a shocker, right? right. But of the dogs, because those are hard, you know, you're dealing with a large dog, you got a, you know, mobility issues. And so of the dogs, that was pretty sad. So that was 69% were not seen a year and a half, up to a year and a half before their euthanasia. Doesn't so that like break your heart. Th- exactly. Like that. I think what could have been uh, prolonged or prevented even. On that pet, on that family, on that, like on everything, right? It breaks my heart. It really does. And, and, and we focus so much on, on preventative care and I, and I love that, but, but it's, and it's also not hard stuff. Here's the thing, guys, it's not that hard. Right. <laughs> so the 90% that are not in the 10% of class, like mm-hmm. listen up, right. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> and, and I guarantee you when you're talking to your friends, you know, back at school or the others, like if anybody has dealt with an aging pet, you know, like you freaking know how hard it is. Right. So even just talking about, about mobility issues or sleeping, you know, up all night, panting, what can you do to help them? And I just lost my own dog last, last week. I let him go Duncan. He was 110 pound um, Doberman, handsome wow. as handsome as heck. Um, and I have done, I have done everything for him. So mm-hmm. he had Larpar, we had a tieback. It was 10 and a half years old, Doberman. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm gonna do tieback. Cause it's euthanasia or a tieback. We did a right. tieback, kept going, okay. Mobility, cause, cause tieback is a nerve problem. So then it ended up in peripheral neuropathy and so mm-hmm. he started mobility issues. Well, we did acupuncture every week. We had every med I could get. Then last summer he started coughing funny, freaked out, it's it's heart, you know? Mm-hmm. So he was in heart failure, we got him out. I saw the unco- uh, the cardiologist, I got the best people on, on his case, because <laughs> it's not me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, ah! Oh. And, um, but, oh my God, just managing him is crazy. But I, I learned a lot of tips and tricks. I learned tips and tricks from my families, how they figure out taking care of these pets, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, things to keep him safe, 
is, you know, some certain hallways he'd have trouble with, right? Right. And so I didn't want to buy baby gates and walking over baby gates all the time. And they're expensive and it's pain, like marks on the wall. So I was using tension rods, huh. like little tiny ones that you could use for curtains, right. just to block off areas. And I'm like, my God, that's a brilliant idea. Wow. <laughs> so talking to owners about what what is what is their you know biggest struggles. And I could tell you the list of problems that they're having. Right. And so every vet, every new student, if you're going into a clinic and you want to look at their website, you know, and you want to have content, how about content of what people are struggling with? You know, do you have a cat that's all night long? Like, what does that mean? And yeah, there's some medical problem, hypertension and things like that. But okay, how do you manage that? Right. How do you freaking manage that cat crying? And how do you manage your spouse getting mad at that, you know, pet? By the way, when you become a veterinarian, your spouse is going to say, why can't you fix that? Sure. So there's a huge opportunity. I kind of keep going on because clearly this is my purpose in life is these old guys, the, right. the the weak and the wobbly, you know, the old and the stinky. I love every single gray muzzle out there right. and they do not get enough attention. And I think we could do better marketing. We could do better segmentation. We could, you know, um, lead generation. So people are Googling how to deal with these things. And you'd be surprised looking at our Google, you know, analysis of, mm-hmm. of what people are searching for. It's not just end of life care, quality of life. How do I know when it's time? Right. I lecture all the time and I just lectured at VMX this year. And I asked, there's a room of almost 300 people. And I said, how many people here have, how do I know when it's time on your website, a quality life scale? Not one person raised their hand. Hmm. I was like, that's what people are looking for. Right. Right. And so um, we could do a better job marketing you as a you know doctor going into the room and you see that you know spaghetti legs and they're shaking you know ask the questions like hey how are you managing around the house because once they once they understand that you care about what their problem is then they'll then they'll trust you and trust is when everything else will come right because right? if you so if you walk in that exam room and you start to try to sell rusty the 11 year old lab on dental and blood work they're going to be like go stuff it because right. like he's not sleeping at night right so you have to ask like what's important to you right. what's going on so huge pet population is our geriatrics and they're not being seen so and it's not that hard right <laughs> all right so where like I said before, we don't get really taught much about geriatric mm-hmm. care or senior care in general, which I know is different. Um, but resources that where we can go and, I guess, educate ourselves. I, I believe you may have just written something. We um, did. Uh, that could help us. We did. So we do write um, a lot of different articles anyway. So so Danny and I write, write our, a lot of articles on end-of-life care. I'm doing a three-part series for... Um, for a, a trade publication. So you can mm-hmm. always Google and we'll always put it up on our websites, drmarygardner.com. I always put all our articles. But um, we also finished a book last summer uh, called The Treatment and the Practical Care and Treatment of the Veterinary Geriatric Patient, mm-hmm. which I have listed on our website as well. And it's a textbook, but it's an it's an easy read textbook. Okay? Right. <laughs> so it's really broken into three into three segments. The first half, uh, the first part half three segments first half that made no sense but the first segment is about this concept of of geriatric and senior and the aging process and, and things like that the middle section is the the aging process for the different body systems right so i bet you heard this in vet school um oh those are old cat lungs sure what does that mean and is that a problem Right. Like, oh, he's got old cat lungs. OK, well, there's white stuff, let's say. Right. right? There, right. It looks more spider webby. Like that's right. how. I, OK, is that a problem? Well, that's like scar tissue building up. Would right. I like scar tissue in my lungs? No. But how many times are like, oh, don't worry. That's just old cat lungs. Right. 
I'm here to say that that's a problem or dog lungs, right? So what can we do about it? So we go through not pathology, like diseases of those organ systems, but the aging process of each organ system. Mm -hmm. So the liver, thermoregulation, grandma gardener, every time she came over, she'd have a sweater on, even though we're in Florida, right? Right. Where it's like hundred degrees out and it's 90% humidity. I'm like, grandma, what what do you need this, you know, wool sweater for? Because our thermoregulation gets all jacked up and these old skinny cats are looking for your laptop to lay on the laptop or the heater or whatever. So, so um, we go through all the different body systems. And then the last segment talks about, about hospice, about, um, euthanasia, quality life assessment, mm-hmm. things like that. So um, so that textbook is out there and uh, it's, you know, it's by Wiley. So it's and so it's available. Uh, and there's, you know, a lot of a lot of cool stuff to go to when you go to conferences, you know, focus on on things that might be of interest to you. But 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 think about how they are to, to the geriatrics. You're going to get bombarded with lasers and this and that, which are which are great, but they're not going to come to you and spend this this kind of money until you know what the owners are asking for. Right. So um, I think I think um, just looking also in the human human geriatrics, I would definitely do buy. Believe it or not, the the Atul Gawande book, mm-hmm. Being Mortal, because that's just concepts, right? That that match that you know, like he was he was they were looking at an older person's foot, right? And she's like, but I'm here for my you know heart or whatever, right? And he's like, well, when they get older, they can't bend over to to like clean their feet really well, so huh. they'll have disease, you know, they'll have like fungus and stuff like that. It's gross right. and creepy. But have you ever seen those cat nails? Like they're nasty looking back there, and they're all like cracked and gross. Well, because cats self pedicure, and right. when they got arthritis, they can't go down and self pet. You know, so you might be palpating the spine, but why don't you take a look at the nails? Right, can't take care of himself. We can look at the fur, and we're always like, oh. But uh, so that book alone is a great resource just for just for practicality of, of mindset. Right. Yeah, and it seems to me, at least from getting from you from this conversation, is it's all about getting the getting the information, training yourself about this aspect of geriatric care, which is such a huge part of. Huge. Of medicine and, and life. It's of life, right. Right. Um, and, and creating content, whether that is writing on your website, for example, or mm-hmm. creating something on social media, mm-hmm. or even just a verbal conversation with your client, because yeah. that's what they want. And what I'm thinking about now is that most of us, unfortunately, have had to go through the loss of a family member or a mm-hmm. friend right. due to old age, geriatric, mm-hmm. what have you. Um, and what I'm realizing now in my own self is that we don't, I haven't put that together between our own animals, uh, the the patients that we care for, is that there is that stage of life. Yeah. I think what I've seen, and as I'm kind of reminiscing in real time, is that um, you know we take care of these animals throughout their adult stages, and they become a senior, and they begin to develop these these diseases, and we treat them as long as we can, and then it's time for end of life. Yeah. But there's there's an in between there. There really is, um, and I, and we really don't focus on it. You're absolutely right. So no, um, if I was crazy. in general practice, that's I would just be the you know gray muzzle vet. Just come to me for that. I you right. know I love puppies and kittens, but to me I'm actually bored with that. You know, I'm right. like it's okay. Let me talk about how to brush your puppy's teeth and stuff like that. But helping that family with, you know, that life stage, you know, in stories, it's the ending matters most, and right. that is that last part. You know, this is the the old couple holding hands walking down the street. This is like, what's their story? This is that pet that's been through amazing, you know, memories with the family that are in pictures, right? That are, you know, still a part of it, and the guilt that families have with like, I want to euthanize my pet because he won't sleep through the night. 
aren't I a bad person? Like, no, you're, right. you're not a bad person. Right. But is there something we could do? And you know, when I lecture on geriatrics, and, and that's one of my favorite things to lecture on is geriatric medicine, is like veterinarians will say, oh, well, what do you think about Senalife and, and Bright Minds by Purina and things like that? And I say, like, these are all great products. I want you to recommend them before I, cause, because by the time I get them for hospice, I don't have, you don't have the time. months, right? right? I have days to weeks, right? right? I don't have the time. So geriatrics is, that's when we have the time to really make the biggest difference, the biggest difference. And if we can make the ending well, and then we can make the very end really well, they will feel better about what they promised that pet when they got them. And right. they promise to treat them the best way they can to the end, but they're just not educated. They just don't know. Right. And I think kind of as, as my own closing thoughts um, is that what I've learned over the past three years of vet school hmm. and more so I think at the past uh, year is that most of what we do comes down to trust and the relationship we have with our owners and our clients. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we all got into this for uh, the animals and helping them and, and making sure that our patients are happy and healthy and that they're living as long as they can. But when it comes down to it, that human animal bond is super, super important. Massive. Um, and this is one area that I think after talking to you now and through the <laughs> weekend that our pet owners, I think are missing that from us. And I think it's our yeah. duty to, uh, to, to give that to them. Um, yeah. that's only going to help solidify our, our, tr uh, their trust in us totally. and, um, and help us support them, which is, I think all that they look for in us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that veterinarians are one of the most highly respected professions on the planet, right? Which is great. Right, we're starting off at a good point, right? right. We have everything to lose. Right. That's right. it, we have everything to lose. And when you focus on what's important to the family, right, you're, you're not gonna just get, and, and, and they know that you love it, they're not right. just gonna get a compliant, you know, you're not gonna get a compliant client. You're gonna get a committed client. Right. And you want them committed to the, to the plan, you want them committed to you, committed to your clinic, committed to everything that you say the next time around, you know, right. and they get the next pet. And because um, compliance, uh, you know, that could fall off after a while. Right. But you just want them in love with you. And when you show that you love every life stage, <laughs> right. especially the one that they struggle with the most, then then they'll, they'll stick with you forever. Right. And that's what you want. That long life relationship with those clients. Absolutely. All right. Last question for the episode. A mm -hmm. question I love to ask. Uh, if you were to recommend a book for for anyone really, but for, for vet students, let's so just for, for this arena, <laughs> what would it be? All right. So I sort of like panic when, when, when people ask me this question mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, and I hear podcasts and I'm like, Oh God, how would I answer this question? And I freak out because I'm going to be honest with you. I have piles of book and books in my house. People mm -hmm. give me books. Right. And I'll read like two chapters and then I'll put it down or, you know, or it's got to really interest me right. because I'm not a huge book fan. I don't yeah. do audiobooks. I'm a little different, but guess what? There's going to be some listeners that are like, Mary, you know, preach because right. I'm just, I'm done, especially in vet school, right? right. I just want to, like when I get home, I want to melt my brain with eye candy of right. like, like some stupid TV show that that's nothing. Right. So I know that's not what your question is, but well, I'm I, the same way. You show me a book. I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But you know what? I'm going to freaking watch something that is just, you know, like house hunters or right. like, and I'm like, how can I get a job on, you know, right. <laughs> digital marketing and live in Costa Rica. Right. For, I want to be a chip and Joanna. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm sure I could throw together, you know, chipboard or whatever they right. say. So, <laughs> or I'm like, what's going on in housewives in Orange County? Cause that's where I live now. Yeah, <laughs> so right. maybe I'll see a restaurant I should go to. So it's, it's, uh, 
Um, so I panic because everyone's like, oh, Mary, you must like what, read all these leadership books and mentorship. And, you know, I, like, no, <laughs> I try to like I'll read a chapter. I'll get a little bit out of it. And I, and I go on. But I will tell you the book that I read um, by Dave Nichol, Dr. Dave Nichol, mm-hmm. who's who's speaking here today. Yep. So I met him last summer energy ball, a little spitfire that he is. And so he wrote a book, So You're a Vet, Now What? Yep. And I was, okay, I'll read this, you know, because he's my friend, I'm gonna read it, you know. And dude, I love the book. I just love how it was written. It's very easy to read. I read it in a flight and um, it was amazing. I think it's great for vet students. So, and and it was great for me. And I wish I actually read it when I was like a, a junior in vet school. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, you know, it, it says, so you're a vet now what? I'm like, dude, like they need to read it sooner than that. So it was really well written and an easy read. Like that's, I don't right. want to have to like think hard. Not that I'm saying his book doesn't like, isn't think hard, right. but, um, but you know what? We became really good friends, and I just I love his personality, and I think it's a really great book for for anybody to read, almost in any industry. That's what I like is when I can read books that flow through any industry. So there's a ton of leadership and marketing and things like that. But you know, or you could just read some. You know, I was gonna say some smut book, and I don't mean it in that way. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean like you know, has nothing important to say. Right. No, I'll second that because I so Dave uh, was on the podcast. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, a while back, right? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, it was right when he released the book. <gasps> Uh, and I read it myself, like I think it was three or four months ago, and and yeah, it amazing. Good. And it's and like you said, it's it's easy in a good way, yeah. but it, it makes you think, and uh, it just makes you think. And I know for us, and and we don't really learn this until I think later in vet school, and even when you're out, is that it's really good to learn from other people's mistakes, right? Uh, and he <laughs> shares that, so um, and shares it humbly and funny, and right. like he's great. So right. I yeah. I'm sorry I didn't know that he was on here before. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. So yeah, no. So yeah, I think that that's a great and it's thin. You know, you could take it with you or electronic version, right? Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, Mary, this has been awesome. Um, tons of great information. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys out there listening had fun listening and and yeah. have now opened your mind to uh, this this opportunity for us to provide geriatric. Mm care for our our animals so i'm hoping that all the vet students are going to love this niche or that life stage as much as i do because they need your help cool well thank you again for coming thank you for having me and thank you for listening to the vet school unleashed podcast if you feel so inclined please leave us a review on itunes and let us know what you think about the podcast for resources and more information please check us out at www.vetschoolunleashed.com or find me on instagram at seth the almost vet i would love to hear your thoughts on today's podcast and i'd also love to hear any suggestions or topics you want to hear us talk about even reach out if you want to be on the podcast and share some insight of your own thanks again and we'll talk to you next time on vet school unleashed dissecting the dvm (laughs) 